Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa. Lisa, we're here again. We're here again, and Happy New Year. I, I'm so it's excited. January, we are not in 2020, and we are not in 2021. It is Thank a new- Thank the Lord. <laughs> it is, is a new year. Let's start this thing over. We are rebooting. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, right? It's like, it's the reboot, right? 2022, it's the reboot. Oh, it, yes. Absolutely. And so, Lisa- Speaking it, of which, I want to see that movie. Oh, the new Matrix movie. Yes. Don't tell us if you, if Do you not, know anything about it. Right. Because it's already out by- Because we are rebooting. Right. Don't email us. Or at least we, that's what I've been told. It's a reboot. Okay. Well, okay. We'll, we'll, find, we'll, we'll watch it and we'll find out. Okay. We digress. Okay. So Lisa, we, <laughs> we, we've got a great friend. Steve Moran from Senior Living Foresight is with us today. Steve, we, we've been trying to get you on the podcast, I feels like for years, but welcome. You're finally here. Oh man, I'm really excited. I, and I, I want to say, I, I mean, I'm like the most positive person I know, right? But when you're talking about this year as a, uh, a, a reboot, I'm going, I hope they are right. Because I remember last year was a reboot. I mean, we, had <laughs> we were, the world was going to be safe. Masks were going to be gone. COVID would still be with us, but no big deal. And here we are. And um, if we're honest, 2021 was terrible with COVID. I mean, we've learned to live <laughs> yeah. with it better, which is good, right? And I, I mean, I know there's a lot of grief, but we are, in some sense, accepting a new reality. And 2022, uh, I, I wish I could tell you that I thought in 2022, we'd finally kick COVID. I don't think that's true. I do think in the sense of the reboot, and this is where I agree, is I think we're going to come to grips with the reality of probably having to live with it, maybe forever. So, what are we talking? What are we? What are we talking about? Uh, oh, by the way, happy New Year! Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's it's uh, it's always great to have a New Year. Well, Steve, what I thought about is I know you're working on this new keynote, and you're you're a great speaker. You speak across the industry in senior living. It's almost like Steve. Everywhere I go, I hear about Steve Moran. Right, when and I'm it's at, all good things. It is all good things, right? So it must I, I must not be talking to enough people. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I know. I will. I promise you, there are some detractors out there. I mean, just, 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 just five minutes ago, I got an email. I was checking my email, and and somebody sent me an email and said, "Take me off your list." And I was brokenhearted because I think I'm a nice guy too, but it happens. Yeah, and, and so I, I do hear your name because we 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 travel in the same circles and that in the senior living space really and we have the same heart helping leaders and you've got this brand new keynote that I really want to talk about you, you call it reach for the sky and it, that's a fantastic title I, I wish I came up with it. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm really pleased with it. And there's actually a story that goes with it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, there are actually a set of stories that go with you. I'm not going to tell you the big story, but I'm going to tell you the little story because it will illustrate the point. Yeah. So you ever been driving in the desert, Nevada desert is my neck of the woods, you, but, and you may have been through there and there, there are stretches in the desert where there are these long, long highways. Right. And, and it's just flat and straight. You, you could, you could practically, you know, tie a rope on your steering wheel, uh, close your eyes, wake up five minutes or 10 minutes or 50 minutes later and be at the other end and have a nice little nap. I mean, you know, hard, right. hard to get an act into an accident. And the only thing down these highways, highways are um, telephone poles. And a telephone <laughs> pole is what, maybe 18 inches wide. And then there's like 60 feet of space between them. Yep. And yet 
You'll also find at the base of way too many of these telephone poles, these terribly sad monuments where somebody has crashed into the telephone pole and died. Hmm. And I don't know whether you ever thought about this before, but have you ever wondered how it is that when they're 60 feet, 18 inches, 60 feet, 18 inches, how anybody ever manages to hit a telephone pole? That's a great point. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. I, so I, I am. Um, th this, this is a. I never really thought about this until just a few weeks ago when I heard another keynote speaker talking about it, and it reminded me of an incident with an airplane. I'm going to tease that in my own uh -huh. life many, many years ago. But what happens? Here's what happens is that when somebody's driving around, maybe they're, they they've had too much to drink, maybe they've just fallen asleep, and all of a sudden they wake up. And they're they're bearing off the road. All they can see is the telephone pole. They hmm. completely miss the blue sky that's in between. And so, what do they do? They head straight for this problem, this trouble, and they die. And wow. I think that's what too many leaders do, right? Yeah, is that all they can see the, is the problems, and they focus on the problems. And in focusing on the problems, they get overwhelmed by the problems, and they crash and die. Or they have terrible organizations, or they have subpar performance. And that's that. that I, and we're going to talk about how you see the sky, how you reach for the sky, how you have great performance, how you miss the telephone tree poles. Well, and it's almost like people's lives move in the direction of their primary focus, right? So wherever my focus goes, my energy flows. Wherever my focus goes, my life just sort of takes that trajectory. Isn't that, okay, I'm not really baseball sports person, but isn't that like when you're batting, you know, you're like visualizing, okay, where you want that, where you want your ball to be hit and stuff. Okay. Am I, am I on the right path? Hey, I, I, I think it'll work. If I were a professional baseball player, that's what I would be. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to point right to the, you know, right field. And that's where I'm going to. Well, let's see. Well, why do you think leaders like really just look at the telephone poles? Right. I, I mean, it seems so obvious to you and I, as you're, as you're explaining this, but why did, why do they just focus on the telephone poles of leadership? Uh, you know, I, I, well, I think it's, I think that it's, I actually think that it's sort of natural biology. I think God's in some sense built us this way. Um, mm -hmm. We were built to, you know, danger, danger, is, danger can kill us. And so mm -hmm. we get to this point where we think about, you know, we want to avoid danger. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'm not saying that as a leader, you can completely ignore the telephone poles, right? If you completely ignore the telephone poles um, in senior in, in senior living in any business, you completely ignore the dangers. Um, they will get you. But right. the question is, is how much time and how much importance you give them. But if I am, I'll give you, let's sort of take, make it a little more practical. If something goes wrong in my organization, somebody screws up, an employee screws up. The question is, how much time do I spend on that screw up? Because I don't know about you and your team, Dennis, but I know that my team's not perfect and that I'm not perfect. 
Oh, my um, team, my, my team is totally perfect. They're listening to this well, and they are yeah, just yeah. right oh, there. So of course you do. Right. So, so, every, so, so we all, we all have stuff. We all have stuff yeah. that happens, but one of the rules of my organization is that we're a, um, uh, we're an no blame organization. Yep. Because most of the time, most of the time when things go wrong in my organization, it's because we have a system problem. So what that means is, you know, things tend to go wrong with new people because they don't have all the information. They don't fully understand the philosophy. And so we don't beat people up over things that go wrong. We go fix them and we teach so that it doesn't go wrong the next time. Now, obviously that doesn't mean we keep people forever. We've had a couple of people we've had to let go because they were not the right fit, but we don't do it until we make sure that we've done everything we can do. And right now I've got an amazing team um, because we've been willing to make that transition because we're no blame. I mean, people love working for me. If I, I mean, I know that sounds a little braggy, but, but they, I love working for me because we're changing the world. They get credit for changing the world. I let them be free to go do the things they really good at. And honestly, I don't have time to control them. I want them to go do their stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's almost like Steve, when, when you have a no blame organization, it's like when you're blaming, you don't learn. Right. So things happen. We make mistakes. Right. But if we're blaming, then we're no longer learning. And I think you can either you can either win or you can learn, but you don't ever want to lose. And so if you're always learning, you're never losing. Well, and I think the other part of it is we my I, I have this amazing social media person and no, you cannot hire her um, because I get asked that all the time. So, Rachel, if you're listening, no, do not ignore Dennis and Lisa. <laughs> hire you. No, 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 no. You don't like working for him. You like working for him, but not as much as me. So anyway, so when she first came to work, um, she had a couple things that she did that weren't quite Right. I don't want to even say they were wrong. In one case, I had a customer, uh, one of our sponsors got upset about something and we went and we, and they were the, 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 the partner was really upset and we, we went and we fixed it. And I talked to the partner and it turned out it was not, it was just one of those moment things. Right. And she felt so terrible, but the truth of the matter is, is that what she did was right, given the knowledge and the system mm-hmm. she had. It was our fault. It was my fault. Uh, she didn't know what she should have known to get it That's right. That's good. And so why should, why should I blame her? I mean, it would be stupid to blame her, right? It'd feel bad. I just felt badly that she felt bad. Yeah, well, and it goes back to Steve, especially as, as leaders of organizations. You know, we have to step back. And when team members make mistakes, we have to own part of that, too. Right. It's like, and did we create the right system? Did we create, you know, was it really clear what the end goal was? It, it, and I, I, I kind of like the statement that there are no bad teams or just bad leaders. But at the same time, I like I like what you said, Steve, in it, that it's a no blame organization. And so we don't want to blame our staff and we don't want to blame our employees. But we also need to be careful that we don't blame ourselves in a hmm in a condemning sort of way, but in, but instead kind of per, change that perspective to a, okay, what is the system even with me and how I'm interacting with my team? And what is my personal system that, that I need to give attention to? Because sometimes I think very driven, um, high performing individuals, they can place all of the blame of their team on themselves. And then that stops them just as quickly too. 
Well, and you realize like there's always something they can do, mm-hmm. right? There's always something else they can do. So I'm going to tell a story on myself because it was a blame story. And I'm, I mean, I, I more or less agree with you, but I've, I, I disagree with you a little bit. And let me tell you the story <laughs> and it'll explain why I, I have my, my, the team member who's been with me the longest is Pam McDonald. And she came on initially doing some copywriting and some editing. And then she rebooted our podcast and she's actually just stepping away into full retirement um, uh, at the, at the end of, of of, uh, 21. And so I'm, I, she's been a wonderful friend and teammate and I'm, I'm going to be sad to to miss her, but I'm happy that she's stepping into this next phase of her life. But as I was sort of gaining some prominence, um, somebody reached out and wanted to interview me about podcasting. And I was so excited. I hadn't done a lot of these interviews. I hadn't been invited. And so I got on this podcast and I talked about how great our podcast was and how great an organization I had and it aired. It was a podcast, <laughs> somebody else's podcast. Yeah. And she came back to me and she said, You didn't even mention my name. I'm actually running your podcast. Oh, man, I did. I I wrote about it. I apologize. And and I moved on. I mean, I didn't I did. I'm not still carrying it except as a as a teachable lesson. But it was really a humbling moment. And, you know, taking care of our team members is is so critically important. And and. You know, in the scope of things, if you look back 10 years, it's sort of no big deal. But at the moment, it, it hurts. I I had <clears throat> not my organization, but somebody I do some work with was doing some uh, um, was was it looking to bought, bought, bought a sponsorship at a con- at a conference that was kind of not great. And so they were interacting um, new marketing person interacting and they were the point person in this organization. And as they were emailing back and forth, their contact in the in the conference organization added back the co-owners of the company, which was really undermining to the person who was really the decision maker. And, you know, and again, it's just adding two emails, right? So it's nothing, but, but these, but people, but it was really, but it was undermining to her. And so of course she went and told her boss about it and actually made the company look bad rather than good. So we've, we just have got to be, I mean, and I, maybe this is one of the reasons why leaders are, don't lead better is that, they look at stuff like that and they say, ah, people are just too sensitive. It doesn't matter. I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. Hmm. And in the reality, leaders do so many things unintentionally largely to undermine their teammates and the people who work for them. And what then happens is they don't trust them. They don't work as well. Well, they're not motivated. They don't feel a part of what's happening. That's good. Yeah, it really is. Talk about this, Steve, for a minute, because I know you see this a lot, especially in the senior living industry is like, how do leaders deal with like this ego? And I know you and I have talked about this, you know, quite a bit. But, you know, you know, sometimes like they, they think a lot more of themselves than what they really are. They don't end up caring for their team members. They, you know, doing some of these very fundamental things, you know, because maybe they're living in ivory towers or I'm not even sure why sometimes. But 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 how do you see that kind of play itself out like in, in your industry? 
So I'll give you, I mean, I, I will tell you, this is probably the singest great, single greatest puzzle as I talk about leadership is why leaders who are not leading very good organizations don't change things. So <clears throat> you see an organization come out and say, <clears throat> we had six straight, six straight, eight straight months of occupancy increases. <clears throat> that sounds terrific, right? It's awesome. It is awesome. But what if I then told you that the average occupancy, I'm going to make the, it's not quite this high, but I'm going to make the math simple. The average occupancy is 90%. Their starting level was 70%, and they've gone up from 70% to 77%. Hmm. And, the, yeah. the, the, and the average is 90%. Is that good or bad? Yeah, it changes the equation. It it gives a completely different broad picture. Yeah. So if I'm a leader and I go out and say, oh, man, we're great. We're going up. And I ignore this and I pretend like this terrible thing doesn't exist. If I were your leader and I was not telling that's really lying in my view. Yeah. Would you trust me as a leader? No, no. Because you're going to know. I mean, you're not stupid. Right. So. I think that, and compare that with what would happen if the leader went into their team and said, you know what, we're looking at the math and we've gotten 1% and that's certainly better than where we were at. But you know what? We are 10% lower than the industry average. And I know we are better than that. So we are going to set a goal that in 12 months, not only we're going to hit that average, but we're going to go 2% above that average. And here's how we're going to do it. Which leader would you rather follow? I'd rather follow that second leader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so why, so, so I'm going to ask you here, I'm going to turn the table on you. So I'm not sure does, I have an answer. <laughs> why does this leader keep doing it the dumb way rather than the smart way? Yeah, sort of that definition of insanity, right? I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And I think sometimes like we're just not creative enough. We don't step back and go, okay, this is really the result it's producing. So what do I need to do differently? And sometimes almost like when we did, when the only tool we have is a hammer, right? We only have, we only have success when we hit a nail. And so we go around using the hammer, right? But sometimes it's like, we need to use a screwdriver. Sometimes we need to use a saw, some, right? And so leaders need to see that there's different tools, get equipped with other tools, because there's always different strategies. And I think too, that sometimes there's an element of pride there and, and allowing someone else to speak into your deficits Ooh. and being able to admit you actually have a deficit and somebody's smarter in that area. Well, and I think we're, we are beginning as a culture to be able to grow out of that and admit that we don't have it all together. But that's only been in the last, what, five, 10 years. Right. It's, it kind of goes back to like, you know, a friend of ours, Brene Brown, right? She talks a lot about openness and vulnerability. Well, I, she's a friend because we listen to her podcast, right. but we don't actually know her. We don't friend. know her, but she's but a I friend. think she's a friend because, she's of, a, friend of because mine. a friend speaks truth to you. And if that's truth to me, then absolutely. Yeah. And so just being open and it, that's why some of that is just so prevalent now, right? It's that message is really coming out great. Yeah. So, so first off, I got to tell you, I was so excited. I thought, wow, Lisa knows Brene Brown. I know it'd be more like her than you. Damn it. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe I can get an introduction because I'm, I'm a big fan. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, 
well, well and here's here's the thing. She's going to be a friend. She's going to be oh, a good. friend. There we go. There we go. So so um so, but but Lisa, I I think I hope you're right. I think that I think we are are getting, I uh, getting better. But it's I'll tell you, it's really painful for me when I see leaders who persist and. Mm-hmm. Because most of these things are not things that really cost any money. They really, they, they really, the cost is being willing to abandon years of doing it one way Mm -hmm. in favor of doing something better. And it might cost a little bit of money. It might mean, I don't know, hiring the drama free guy, uh, Dennis to come in and teach them how to do it differently. It might be hiring somebody like Steve Moran to come in and teach them a better way to do this uh but in in most of these organizations you're talking about you know as a percentage of revenue and and potential you're talking about you know fractions of a penny on on what the return could be to to make it because most of this stuff is not going out and buying big programs it's mostly how you think about your team and how you um and how you and and how that then drives um uh your behavior yeah that's really good so Lisa, this has been fun. Steve, this has been great. You got a brand new keynote out there. Reach for the sky. I can't wait to hear it. I know. We're, 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 Do we get a personal presentation? Oh. <laughs> it should be. It should be. It should be all done uh, by the end of January. I'm very. Um, I've been spent probably four or five hours on it, working on it this week. I started writing it when I came back from Florida uh, a couple months ago. Well, um, I made a commitment to have it all written on the airplane across the country. Didn't get it done, but got most of it done, and very very excited about it. So amazing. Yeah, it's, I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing it, being at a conference that we're both at, and um, sitting in the audience and um, cheering you on. Yeah. And learning how to reach for the sky. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So senior living foresight, follow Steve on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter. See where else do we follow you at? Oh yeah, so so best best places to follow us seniorlivingforesight.net, but you can Google Senior Living Foresight, you can Google Steve Moran, almost certainly come up on the first page, be easy to find. We have a our strongest social media presence is on LinkedIn. <clears throat> we post stuff there every day, just it, and it's all about and the reason you should be subscribed and paying attention, whether you're in the senior living space or not, that's primary, our primary audience, but it's all about leading better. And for me, our mission is to help make people's lives better. So leading better will re- lead to higher profits if that's the big thing you care about. But what we're really committed to is making the lives of people better. And when we think in terms of constituents and see and audience, it's the customers and it is the team. And so we exist to make the senior living industry better. Uh, as we look back at 2021, we know that because we were there in 2021, that the industry is better than if we hadn't been there. So Twitter, LinkedIn, our website, uh, we have a podcast that you can find any of the podcast places. And um, we do a weekly live stream uh, leadership show on video uh, through LinkedIn and YouTube. So lots of places. Awesome. Lisa, any parting thoughts? You know what? I am looking forward to reaching for the sky this next year. And I am so glad that you are presenting this, that you are you are putting together this this um, keynote because I think we all need it. We all need that opportunity to stop looking at the telephone pole of life and start reaching forward. 
Yep. Awesome. So listen, we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Bye.